Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bible study tonight. We want to welcome the online um, members tonight to Bible study. Uh, can everybody please stand? Come to the altar, everyone. And we're all going to pray. Amen. We're just going to give God thanks and praise for allowing us to be here tonight. Because we could have been in at home. It's cold outside, under some blankets, drinking some hot chocolate. But we're here tonight to receive what God has in store for us. And also to give him praise, honor, and glory as due unto his name. So we're all going to come together and we're going to pray. Any prayer requests tonight? hands and we're all going to pray for one another's request. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we bless your holy name, God. We exalt you, Lord Jesus. We magnify your holy name, Lord God, for you are God and you are God alone. Lord, you are wonderful, Lord God. You are glorious. You are the great I am, almighty God. You are faithful, almighty God, and we thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, almighty God, for be the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord God. Thank you, almighty God, for being an unchanging God. Thank you, almighty God, for keeping us, almighty God, in our right minds, almighty God, today. Thank you for the breath, almighty God, that you put in our lungs today, Lord God. Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus for keeping us, almighty God, and protecting us on the highways, on the byways, almighty God. Thank you, O God, for providing for us, almighty God. Thank you, Lord God, for your grace, your mercy, almighty God. Thank you, God, for the angels, God, that you've dispatched, O God, round about us today, God. Protecting us, God, from all accidents, O God. Protecting us, almighty God, from the traps of the enemy, God. Lord, we thank you, O God, for all the blessings that you've bestowed upon us, O God, that we took for granted, Lord. Thank you, Almighty God, for keeping us, O God, in your will, in your purpose, Almighty God. Thank you, Almighty God, for a continuous desire, O God, to serve you, O God, for many, O God, have fallen, Almighty God, away, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, O God, for keeping us, Almighty God, for keeping our minds focused on you, Lord. Father, we repent, O God, for every sin, Lord God, that we've committed against you, O God, that we committed today, God, knowingly 
and unknowingly, Almighty God. Forgive us, Almighty God, of every sin, God, that we've committed mentally, every thought, God, Almighty God, that we think today that was not of you, God. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, O God, of every sin that we, O God, committed spiritually, that we committed physically, Almighty God. Oh God, every sin, Lord Jesus, we committed, O God, knowingly, O God, and unknowingly, Lord Jesus. Forgive us, Almighty God. Almighty God, we thank you, Lord, for you are a forgiving God. Almighty God, you are a merciful God, and we thank you, oh God, for your grace, your mercy, your love, Almighty God, your unconditional love towards us, Almighty God. Almighty God, we bless your holy name, oh God, for you are God, and you've never changed God. Lord God, transform our minds tonight, Lord God. Remove every thought, every distraction, Almighty God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, that, oh God, we will give you our undivided attention tonight, God. Almighty God, we will, Lord Jesus, open up our hearts to your word, Almighty God, tonight. That your word will take root, God, in our heart. Almighty God, let tonight, Lord God, not be like every other night, Lord. Like every other Bible study, God. But, oh God, I pray that your spirit will move upon the man of God. That you will use him, oh God, for your glory. Almighty God, I pray, Lord God, that your spirit, oh God, will take control of each and every one of us, oh God. That when we leave this place, Lord, Lord, we will leave with a spirit of obedience. That, Lord God, we will leave, oh God, with an obedient spirit to follow your instructions, God. Oh God, to apply, oh God, what we receive tonight to our lives, almighty God. Oh God, take control, Lord. Let your spirit sweep throughout this place, Lord. As we minister, almighty God, I pray that your anointing will, Lord God, be upon each and every praise singer, Lord God. Lord, use us for your glory, God. Use us tonight, Lord God, as instruments that, oh God, we will minister unto somebody, oh God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we give you praise, honor, and glory, God, for what you're about to do in here tonight, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, that, Lord God, we believe, Almighty God, Almighty God, change, oh God, we believe, oh God, desiring you more than anything, God, he taught our motion, have your way right now, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus.
if praise is what you do, then how about you just praise him? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God, we bless your name. We praise you, oh great God. There is none like you. We praise you, Lord. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh, Jesus, there is none like you. Nobody like you, Lord. Oh, we praise your holy name. Jesus, we praise your holy name. Jesus, we bless your holy name. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Lift your voice. And give the Lord some good praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There is none like you. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. There is none like you. You're so worthy of all the praises. You're so worthy of all the honor and all the glory. Can I tell you, this is for somebody here today. I've learned... That whatever the Lord put on my heart to say, somebody needed it. And somebody just told me today, when I said Sunday, let your yay be yay and your nay be nay, they were struggling with a decision they already said yay to. And they was ready to say nay to it. I'm talking about something very important. And they were ready to give up and say nay to that, that, that thing that they said yes to. But I'm here to tell you, one of the reasons why our yeas cannot be yeas and that we allow our yeas to become nays is because we won't give everything to Jesus. You hear me, church? I'm giving you a word tonight before I even get into the lesson. We want the results that God promised us and we're not getting them because we're not giving everything to God. When we talk to each other, we give each other some of the story. And if I don't dig, for instance, let me give you all just updates you real quick. If you sit with me to talk to me and you want to just give me some of the story, you will never walk out of my office with the blessings that God has for you. And what happens a lot of times in our general conversation with each other, we give a little bit of time. We're feeling each other out in our conversations because we want to see how much we can say. Forget about the person. If you trust them enough to tell them just a little something, trust them enough to tell them everything. Because essentially, you're talking to God, not man. God is the one who orchestrates blessings, not man. So you, you think you're talking to me just to tell me your business, but really and truly, you are just being transparent before God, and God blesses you in your transparency. But oftentimes, we're holding back from God. We're not being transparent. And transparent means I'm giving God everything. And I don't care, God, take it all. I don't care. But we don't do that like we need to. We go before God holding back. 
Whether it's praise, whether it's worship, whether it's what we do, we hold back from God. And God wants us to not hold back anything. I don't know if you ever needed an attorney. Brother Cal, they might not. I know you might know a little something about this. You get an attorney to defend you. If you hold back, you might go to jail. Because they know their job. And in order for them to defend you the right way and keep you out of jail, you better tell them everything. You better tell them about the conversation you had with your boy that you said you wasn't going to talk about. Because if you don't tell them that, that thing will pop up on you in court and you can go to jail just because you didn't tell your attorneys everything. And we do the same thing to God. We think, and God knows that he, he's not like the attorney. He knows everything. And he is just waiting for us to just be transparent and give him everything so he can pour out the blessings, but he can't pour it out because we're holding back. Christ in the church, stop holding back. Please forget about people. When you come to God, I told, I told somebody, you see, I said, when you come to God, when you, you just, you will have to get embarrassed at some point. Let, as soon as you come to God, let that be your embarrassing moment. So when you walk to God, I told you all my story, I never cried in front of people. And so I struggled with that when I came to God. It took me a long time to get the Holy Ghost because ain't nobody going to see me cry. And so I held back from God for months. And for months I couldn't receive the Holy Ghost. And the moment I decide... I don't care if y'all laugh at me if I cry in front of y'all. The day I made up in my mind, that's my embarrassing day if you want to call it that. The day I decided I didn't care if you laugh at me when I cried, God filled me with his spirit. And from that moment, I wasn't embarrassed about nothing else. Because that was my embarrassing moment. And from that point on, I'm just as transparent as you can be. Whatever you see is what you get. I don't have to hide from God and I don't have to hide from you. And if we want to receive God's blessings the way God want to give it to us, we got to stop hiding stuff from God because you ain't really hiding it because God know where it is. And stop worrying about what people think. Everybody got something. And only a fool stand in the church of God and, and watch somebody pouring out their heart before God and being transparent and whisper. Idiots, clowns, not heading in the right direction, and you're going to worry about them. You're going to worry about somebody looking at you while you're pouring out your heart before God, getting yourself right, and they back there talking, and you worrying about them, they're on their way in a different direction. And if they don't come do what you just did, they're going to keep going in the wrong direction. You've got to realize that. Forget about people. So I know most of us feel like, okay, I can be transparent with God. Well, that's fine. But are you going to do it while people are looking? Because a lot of transformation take place in the house of God. A lot. I know we want, I know God said go to your closet. I know he said go to the closet. But a lot of transformation goes on in the house of God. Which means people have to watch the transformation. And while they're watching it, it's a testimony for you. 
Yeah, I remember when you first came to church. I still get my story. I remember when you first came to church, you was cool. But they watched the transformation. Mike Oliver, God bless the dead. He says, Wayne, I never forgot when your life changed. He remembered it before he died. He told me, he says, I never forgot when your life changed. And that's when you stopped working all your jobs and went to work in one job. He watched my transformation. You think I'm going to worry about y'all when I'm just being transparent before God? That, man, I don't want them seeing it. It's your testimony, and it's glorifying God. And we hold him back. I don't want nobody to know my business. I don't want nobody to know my business. Well, you can know my business. Let's see what that do for you when you know my business. Let's see how, let's see how it helps you when you know my business. I heard from somebody one time, and they said, you know, Pastor, I was going to come talk to you about some problems I was having in my marriage. But I heard you said you had problems in your marriage before, so I didn't come. I said, well, how you doing now? Well, we divorced and we, you know, we, I said, uh-huh, I'm not divorced and I'm doing better than ever. Because, because, because we're crazy. Because I'm transparent, you think I'm going to worry about y'all? And some preachers get up before y'all and make y'all think their life is great and wonderful, never had no problems. And y'all want to go sit with them. But the one that's transparent with you, you said, I don't know. I know what God has done for me. And if I couldn't be transparent and honest to God, I could not be here today. And some of you all know me long enough to know, yeah, I saw him when he was messing up a little bit. Yeah, I heard this about him and I heard that about him. I know that's God said, you think I care? You think I care? You're quiet now. You think I care? Because you didn't put me here. If you had power to stop me from all that you heard about me, you would have stopped me. But you couldn't because you didn't put me here. Because the God that I serve said, I'm not worrying about what people say. I'm worrying about your heart and what you do and how you serve me and your commitment and how you will stand before me. If you will do right, I will take care of you. Let's get some more testimonies about how God transformed my life. Let's get some more testimony of what God is doing because we didn't worry about nobody else. We're worrying about people too much. And if we will, be, if we will just give God everything, he will do some stuff in your life. And the same people who will have something to say, they will watch how God is blessing you. Sometimes God just needs to bless you in front of people. But if, if people don't see you weak, how are they going to know when you get strong? Ooh. If people, I remember, I remember, I love this girl. If I call her name, y'all will know who she is. And this girl, Callie Cal, Sister Scarlett, Sister Sylvia, y'all know. This girl would come and she would write up a tide envelope, 10 cent tides. A dollar six cent tides. But the day came when she was writing $100 tides. But I remember when she wrote six cent tides. I remember when she wrote 12 cents tides. I remember when she wrote $3 tides. I remember that. So I'm able to testify. If anybody ever say anything about her, I said, God blessed her. 
I watched her life. She got struggles and she went through a whole lot and probably still going through. But I watched how she was faithful to God and what God did for her. Sometimes people got to watch how you go through your situations. They got to see it. And when they see it, they will see what God does. But the more you hide it, the more you're hiding the glory. You're hiding the glory of God. If you always look like you're doing well because of how you carry yourself, how does God get the glory in that? So sometimes, well, most of the times, well, all the times, God wants us to just wear our situations just the way it is. What's going on tonight, bro? Man, this week has just been rough. You know what? I had so many um, um, depart- debits that hit my accounts today. It's in the negative. I bet you y'all won't say that to nobody. I heard that this week. Say, so you don't understand. I made a decision to do blah, 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 blah. But I don't have the money now because certain things just happened and I got, I got minus in my account. And God told me what was to tell them. But if they never said that their account is negative, they could never get the help that they're getting now. If we keep walking around like we got it all together, how are we going to ever be blessed by God? Being transparent says, I know God's going to help me, but right now it don't look like it. I thought we're Christians. I thought our confidence is in him. Not in man. You know, in our Bible study tonight, little Bible study, I talked about Joseph. And I hear a lot of people say, be careful who you tell your dream to. Didn't Joseph tell his dream to his daddy, his mama, and all his brothers? Didn't they try to stop it? Did they stop it? So why you should be careful who you tell your dreams to? You see how we, you see how we get all caught up because we like to be private. Because we like to be private. That, that, that resonates with us. Be careful who you tell your stuff to. I could care less who I tell my stuff to. Because if it's of God, you can't do nothing about it. I don't have to be careful who I tell my stuff to. But you know y'all, y'all private. Yeah. You know, you got to watch out for people. You tell them stuff, and here they go with my business in the streets. Okay, well, y'all go tell people my business in the streets, because I ain't worried about it. I feel bad for your sister Wyatt. I feel bad for your Jordan. I feel bad for your Peyton. I feel bad for your Nasir. I feel bad for your Richard. But all my life, y'all just going to have to wear whatever I tell out in the streets, because I ain't hiding it. Sorry, Sister Jackson. Sorry, Sister Pearl. I'm just going to tell it Poor Sister Jackson, sometimes she hears some stuff about me that she thought her good son never did nothing like that. Sorry, Mother, I've done a whole lot of mess. I ain't playing games. I'm trying to get right so me and Jesus can spend eternity together. I don't know about you. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We've been talking about the Beatitudes. There are eight Beatitudes. We're on number six tonight. 
And so we're going to finish up number six, and maybe I can do seven and eight together, and we'll be done with the Beatitudes. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 1 says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's why I'm charged up about being transparent and being just just giving God everything because I got to deal with this subject tonight. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You may be seated. The pure in heart are those who are single-minded in their devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. To be pure in heart, we have to be single-minded in our devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. All of us in here could do a lot better in being single-minded in our devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you think you're doing great, that's wonderful. But I'm here to tell you, you still can do more in making yourself more single-minded in your devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalms 24, verse number 3 says it this way. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in the holy place? Question. Answer. He that had a clean, that had clean hands and a pure heart. So let's go back. We're reading. We're not just running through scriptures. Who shall ascend into the hills of the Lord? Or who shall stand in the holy place? It gives us the answer. He that had clean hands and a pure heart. Who had not lifted up his soul unto vanity. All the stuff we're trying to cover up is vanity. Nor sworn deceitfully. If you don't lift up your soul to vanity, if you don't so, swear deceitfully and you have a pure heart and clean hands, you will be right where you need to be with God. He shall receive the blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Let me tell you this. The Lord Jesus is calling his people to purity. And purity begins in the heart. Mm -hmm. The Lord is calling us to be like him. And he is pure. He is not calling us to fit into the world, but to stand out from the world. The pure in heart will stand out in this world. Because everybody got a whole lot of stuff going in this world. 
If you're in the world, you got all kind of stuff going. You're maneuvering this, you're maneuvering that. You're doing this, you're doing that. You're being influenced by this, you're being influenced by that. And so we, we can't have a pure heart living in the world. No, can't do it. The Lord is calling us to live different. Somebody say different. Talk different. Dress different. But in order to be different from the world, we must be pure in heart. So if you want to know what's stopping us from some of the things that we endeavor to do as Christians, as men and women of God, as young people of God, as children of God, if our hearts are not pure, then we will not be able to get to certain place in God. Because you, you can only get to certain place in God if your heart is pure. Purity, watch this, or holiness are not a burden. They are protection for us and our families. So when the scripture says, blessed are the pure in heart, I can switch that up and say, blessed are they that are holy. Same thing. Purity and holiness. And so purity or holiness are not a burden. They are protection for us and for our loved ones. The Lord Jesus suddenly preached that holiness always starts in the heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Holiness always starts on the inside. Then it shows up on the outside. We don't have to rush it. We don't have to rush it. Sweet young lady came up to me not too long ago. She in here tonight. I ain't going to call her name. But she came up to me tonight uh, a few few weeks ago, asked me a lot of questions. And um, sweet young lady, you know who I'm talking to. You You might be getting the answer tonight. This is why I didn't get into nothing deep with you, my sister. Because I want you to just focus on what's needful, being pure in heart. And all the other stuff, my good, beautiful sister, that you were thinking about, those things will come. So that's why I didn't stress you out about a whole lot of stuff. You see how it works? I ain't trying to stress you all out. I'm trying to give you the best remedy for your situation according to the word of God. And a lot of times we're worrying about so many other things because society trains us to worry about everything. In God, you don't have to worry about everything. God will give you one thing at a time to work on because one thing in God can take care of a multitude of things in your life. Just one thing at all. There's one thing that you can work on with God. A whole plethora of things in your life just get straight because of that one thing. So we don't need to be thinking about a whole bunch of stuff. As Christians, that's what the world does. They got their to-do lists. As a child of God, don't have no to-do lists. Just put one thing on the list and work on that. Because that's going to take care of a whole lot of other stuff. Mm -hmm. Jesus died for sinners and all of us were at one time sinners. But because he died for us, his amazing grace saved us when we respond to his word. Mm -hmm. 
And because we realize Jesus sacrificed to save us, here we go. That's why we live the way that we do. That's why we dress the way that we do. That's why we talk the way that we talk. That's why we love the way that we love. Because at the very least, until you get to know him up close and personal, at the very least, what he has done for you, you owe him your life. So if we don't understand all the, you know, deep Bible stuff, let me just make it clear to you. The reason why we have to do what the scripture says is because we owe God. Why we got to do this? Because you owe him. And because you owe him, you need to do what he says. Now, the greatest thing about that, though, is you're really only helping yourself because you ain't helping him. Right? So, so it's interesting how we owe him and he says, you must obey me. But at the same time, all of that, you know, the commandments and commands that God is putting on us, it, it's for our good. You know, it's like raising children. It's interesting how we become hypocritical. We raise children telling them, just be quiet and do what I tell you to do. It's interesting how we do that. And we won't let God do that to us. What, what, what you, 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 you're not a child of God? Because that, that must be the only reason why we're fighting back against God is that we're not his children. Because if we're God's child, then I hope that we will do the same as was done to us by our parents. Just be quiet and do what I tell you to do. Because you don't really understand it right now. And if I explain it to you, you couldn't understand it anyway. So just be quiet. Do what I told you to do. Sooner or later, you will understand it. But right now, you won't understand it. So just do it. You hear me, Kyler? You hear me, Jordan? You hear me, Jordan? You didn't hear me. Let me say it to y'all three. All of us in here, Jordan, Jordan, and Kyler, are children of God. All of us, me, you, everybody. Here's the story. Jordan Monroe, did your mom ever tell you to do something and you say why? I'm going to ask you a question. Your mom nodding, but I don't have to look at her. Did she ever ask you that? Right. And you said why? And was there ever a time where she said, because I said so? Kyler, same thing. Jordan, I know for sure. So... Since y'all got that from your mom and you felt like you better go do what she told you, what do you think Jesus is saying? And Jesus is more powerful and greater and know everything that your mom and your dad don't know. What y'all think y'all should do? Do what he says even though you don't understand it. Church, we don't have to understand everything God tells us to do. We don't have to understand it all. We just got to do it. What does it say? Okay, then I'm doing it. Because trust me, just like in the natural, at some point in time, you're going to say, oh, okay, adults, you ready for this? It wasn't until you got married and started having children, then you start smiling to yourself. Yeah, she used to always say this. And when she used to say it, she'd get on my nerves. But now I got to be saying that. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? The stuff that your mom was just nagging, nagging, nagging all the time. 
telling you what you got to do, that you just leave me alone in your mind or outwardly. Then you now you find yourself doing that to your children. Some of the things that they did that to you back then, it didn't make sense. All of a sudden now, oh, oh, I got it now. If that's true with your parents and they're limited in knowledge and they're limited in so much, why shouldn't that be true for God? Because you have proven with your parents that they have told you many things that when you got older, you realized it was accurate. Why not just trust God? Because your parents don't know more than God. (laughs) We should want to be like Jesus. We should want to get closer to Jesus. And having a pure heart will get us there. But when we say we need to have a pure heart, a pure heart will affect every aspect of our life. You don't have a pure heart and only one thing gets revealed in your life. No, no. no. Did I lose you already? <laughs> okay, I'm glad you t- Thank you for talking back. When you have a pure heart, it shows up in every aspect of your life. So if, if you say you know you have a pure heart, but you see some stuff going on over here, you need to tell yourself, ain't what it's supposed to be. It might be getting there, but it's not there yet. Tell yourself that. Talk to yourself sometimes about the truth. Talk to yourself about truth. So when you know, so for instance, here's an easy one, Josiah. You had a great morning and you felt like you did things right. And all of a sudden you're going down the highway and somebody cuts you off and you get real heated. And the thoughts that go through your mind ain't pure. You supposed to talk to yourself. Man, I thought my heart was pure. Unfortunately, it's not. Because what just came to your mind, that didn't come from a pure heart. You might not have spoken it. But some thoughts just just welled up in you, and you and, and and you wasn't this far from just ah and letting it out. You didn't let it out, so you had some control. But it doesn't mean your heart was pure. So having control don't mean you have a pure heart. It just means you knew how to act where you were. But it don't mean you have a pure heart. You know what is interesting, young folks? Let me talk to y'all. The old folks can listen in. Here's what's interesting. Most or all of us, you ready for this? Dress like somebody. Let it soak in a little bit. Most or all of us dress like somebody. Oh, preacher, please. I got my own style. Okay. Our idea of attire and style came from someone, some brand. I would be interested, my father-in-law tried this, but it never worked. I'd be interested to find out who has on something that don't have a name attached to it right now. My father-in-law, you don't see my shirt, nobody near me, I'm not my shirt. 
He tried. <laughs> he tried to wear stuff that is nobody's name on it. I'm not wearing nobody's name. I know you're trying. But even Tarjay and Kmart, they sell clothes with names. So all of us are wearing somebody else's style because that style didn't originate with you. You didn't design that dress. You didn't design those jeans. You didn't design that tie. You didn't design none of that. Somebody else had that imagination and started designing and sold it and you wore it. Yeah, we're getting straight to it now. Mm -hmm. But we make all kinds of excuses to God when he says we need to be holy in every way in our conversation in how we our, our, our character attitude and how we dress and we are so uncomfortable talking about how we dress church God wants us to dress holy and I can't say it enough I say it all the time and sometimes y'all got different things going through your mind so you, you let it go over your head or you don't want to listen to me the bottom line is when you dress and show up yourself for somebody to pay attention to you, you're not dressed holy. When you get dressed to the point where you're showing up yourself for somebody, and, and you're saying to me, I didn't dress for anybody to look at me. I dressed for myself. Yes, but as you dress for yourself, somebody is looking at you because things are showing that grab their attention. And I'll go as far as to say, that's the natural. Let me get it spiritual. You're supposed to get dressed for Jesus, the one you owe everything to. And he says, because you are my property, I don't want nobody else looking at you. <laughs> I'm getting quiet now. And so that's his goal, his commandment for us, that we ought to be holy in every way in what we wear as well. And you can tell me anything you want. I can't tell ladies enough. I said it many times, Sister Scarlett, I'm saying it till I'm blue in the face. But unfortunately, y'all wait till years and years till y'all catch what I say sometimes. You got to make a million mistakes before you say, you know what, he was right. But I said this many times. My mom can testify to this. Men look at women as different things. One of the things they finally narrow it down to is wifey. Josiah, that's wifey. Yeah, that's the party chick. Yeah, I'm only going to her house. I am not going out with her. I will only hit, you know, hit her up over at the crib. Um... um we got different categories that we put women in. Brother Calvin, am I lying? Brother Henry, you try to sit back there like Minister Henry. Am I lying? Am I lying? Okay. So we put women in category, and depending on how you dress, you are not wife material. 
You are not wife. If you dress a certain way, we ain't marrying you. We're going to lie to you and tell you we're going to marry you just so we can keep getting what we want. But we ain't marrying you if you look a certain way. Because we already calculate when I bring you home, my mom's going to be like, who is she? Y'all don't want to hear reality, man. And y'all going to leave here tonight and still say, well, I'm going to dress how I want to dress. He can say whatever he wants. Okay, go ahead. Do whatever you want, but I just gave you truth because God's word is true and it's my job to communicate God's word to you so you can hold on to it and apply it because sometimes you read it and you're going to receive it the way you want to so you can be comfortable in your skin, keep doing what you've always done. My job is to rightly divide the word of truth to help you understand what God is saying. And so God wants you to dress the way he wants you to dress, not the way you want to dress. I told you a story some years ago. First got in church. God wouldn't let me wear no short sleeve shirt. Is wearing short sleeve shirt a sin? No. But why in the world God didn't want me wearing no short sleeve shirt? He never told me. He never told me. I just know, I just was very uncomfortable wearing short sleeve shirt. And then later on in my walk, I finally feel like, okay, he let up off that. And then I was able to wear some polo shirts come down to my, you know, my elbow here. I'm like, man, what was that all about? But what it was, was I was supposed to dress the way he was molding me. He was shaping me. He was trying to let me know you belong to me and you do what I tell you. You look the way I want you to look, not the way you think you should look. That's what he did to me. Because God has to work on all of us. Shape us and mold us. The Bible says he's the potter. We are the clay. And so he has to shape us and mold us to get us to what we need to be. And so when we repent of our sins and we get baptized in Jesus' name, get filled with the Holy Ghost, that's just the beginning of the shaping and molding process. We've got long ways to go. And so he will always test us, not tempt us. He will always test us to make sure we know where we are if there is growth in our life. So you got to ask yourself sometimes, have I been growing or am I just looking the same and doing the same? And then I'm concerned for the people that's, you know, today they look like what they're supposed to look like according to God's word. And, 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 and two weeks from that, they're like back to the old thing. I'm just trying to help. I started off by telling you that God wants everything. Everything. All. And so the way you look is part of all. You ready? How can you say that, preacher? I want you to love me with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and I think it says all your strength. If you look at all of that, your body included in that. God wants everything. And so how you talk, how you walk, how you dress, he says, I want all of that. Don't hold nothing back from me. If God wanted Abraham to sacrifice is one 
and only son. And by now we all should know the story that he didn't want him to sacrifice him. He wanted to test him to make sure nothing will he withhold from God. That's all that was about. God was never going to kill Isaac. What God was saying was, I want to make sure you, Abraham, you that's called the father of faith, I want to make sure you understand that the most prized possession, valuable thing that you have, you better be willing to give it to me. That's what he was doing with Isaac. So now, what are some of your most valuable and prized possessions? For some of us, is this. And so the deal is, you're withholding that from God. God, I, I worship you. I go to church. I pray. I read my Bible. And God is saying, and that's wonderful, my child. But you're still holding back from me. And what I want to do in your life, I will not do it until you give everything to me. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to tell you. God wants all. And when we hold back from God, God will not give us all. Because in order, just like I said Sunday, in order for God to do something in your life, what he wants to do is what you're carrying, he needs you to put that aside, that old thing, and be empty so he can give you the new thing. You can't carry both things at the same time. You can't serve God and mammon. Oh, I don't come out of the word. You, you ought to know that by now. Like You need, you need to sit there and say, that joker... He's always in the word. But I'm not preaching to you. I never get outside of the word. Even when, you, even when it sounds like I'm outside of the word, just ask me a question, and I'll tell you exactly where that is in the Bible. Because I'm not getting out of the word. I am not qualified as some of these awesome preachers to preach to you some old high message that, you know, you will say, whoa, that's, that's very, very top notch. I only know the word of God. That's all I can give you. And so God would not allow Abraham to withhold his most prized possession, his most valuable possession. He wants it all. And in order for us to receive what God has in store for us, we have to give him all. Purity of heart doesn't mean perfection. So in case you're worried about, man, Pastor, you're saying some stuff we can't do. Not true. To be pure in heart doesn't mean we have to be perfect. None of us would stand a chance if pure in heart meant we had to be perfect. The pure in heart still make mistakes, but the pure in heart live with a single, undivided devotion unto the Lord. This is why repentance is so beautiful. Because the pure in heart know as soon as they get off track. And what you got to do is, oh Lord, I just sinned. And you repent right there on the spot so you can stay on the right track. But a lot of times we sin and we don't even realize it because we're not pure in heart. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Remember, purity or holiness, it means this, separation from the world and dedication unto the Lord. When you hear the word holy or purity, it means separation from the world, but dedication unto God. Many of us do the first part. Well, I'm separating from the world. I'm not going to be on no worldly person. But you didn't dedicate yourself unto God. 
And nobody who doesn't dedicate themselves to God can stay separated from the world. If you don't separate and dedicate, you're going to go back to where you were. Let me come in your wheelhouse. I ain't messing with him no more. He treat me bad. He, no, I'm not messing with him no more. And you don't mess with nobody else. And then he started texting you. And for the first few texts, you don't answer it. But after a few more texts, you start answering. You know why? Because you ain't got nothing else. So you start responding. Even if initially you're still not letting them come over. You're responding though. Leave me alone, boy. And poor y'all women, y'all don't even know that's something. For the guys that's out there that know stuff, I used to know stuff. For the guys that's out there that know stuff, all they need is just one response. I don't care if you cursed at me. I don't care if you said, leave me alone, leave me alone. All I said is, got her. She responded, she ain't that mad. And so you start saying everything you can to keep pulling the responses, pulling responses. And before you know it, I'm either taking you out or I'm either coming, coming over. But I've messed with somebody that I text. Don't text me no more. My boyfriend over here. And because I ain't no fight, I'm a lover. I'm leaving her alone. I ain't got time for that. So what's my point? When she separated and dedicated, she was able to stay dedicated. But if she separated and was not dedicated, she was able to be pulled back into where she was. That's us with our relationship with God. We said we stopped drinking, we stopped smoking, we stopped partying. And we said, no more with that. Okay, cool. cool. What you doing instead of that now? Well, I go to church. Not good enough. Not good enough. When you separate from the world, you have to dedicate yourself to God in order to stay away from the world. If you separate from the world and all you do is stay home, you're in trouble. And it looks good. That it doesn't look good. Oh, I don't do that anymore. And so it's Saturday night, 11.30. And you're watching Saturday Night Live on TV. I'm watching Saturday Night Live. And I'm drinking lemonade. Eating a piece of cake. Pastor, I don't go, I don't, I don't go nowhere no more. I don't go out in that world like that no more. Okay, I hear you. Because my next question is, have you dedicated yourself to God? Because if not, that old Saturday night, 11.30, eating cake and drinking, um, you know, lemonade, that ain't going to last. That's not lasting. You're going to go back out there. Girl, you wouldn't believe who came to the club the other day. The dude, remember the dude a couple, like, like about a month ago, when you were dancing and how you were dancing, he was looking at you? He showed up. And he said hi to me and asked me about you. I didn't even know he recognized us when we were here last time. But girl, he asked me about you. He did. 
you know what? You know what? I'll come next week, but I'm not drinking. I am not drinking when I come. I am not going to drink. I'm just going to come. You didn't dedicate. So you had to go back there. Y'all know I'm talking to y'all. Y'all know I'm talking to y'all. You can't get around me. Because I'm just bringing God's word and using my experience to help y'all out. The pure in heart live with a desire to please God. The pure in heart live with a desire to please God. Not a desire to go to heaven. The pure in heart lives with a desire to please God, not with a desire to go to heaven. Too many Christians are living to go to heaven. Mariah, my girl, you're so smart. I like to, I like to just send messages over to you, you know, while I'm here. Here's a bar. Christians don't live to go to heaven. Bar. Every Christian that's living to go to heaven, they're going to miss out on heaven. Because heaven becomes more important than the creator of the heavens. We need to be doing our best to please the creator of everything. That's when we're on the right track. And unfortunately, it could be out of ignorance. Many Christians are striving to get to heaven. Wrong striving. We should be striving to please the Lord. When you're striving to please him game changer. When you're striving to get to heaven, a little bit of trouble. The pure in heart don't need a wardrobe at home and a different one at school. I was talking to my daughter about this the other day. Got to do dad stuff. I said, honey, just in case you don't know, many young girls like you that's been in church have left out of their parents' house in the morning looking like the nice Christian girl. But in their book bag was some stuff. And when they got to school, they changed into what they want, and that was not what the parents or the Lord was pleased with. So, honey, you need to strive to please God. Because when you're striving to please God, you won't have to worry about carrying extra stuff in your book bag so when you get to school you can look like everybody else. I said, you're not like everybody else. You're a Christian young lady, honey. And you need to act like a Christian young lady. And you need to stand out like a Christian young lady. That's daddy-daughter talk. I have those same kind of talks with my boy. Because that's just what I try to do. We can't tell our children what to do. When they're children, we make them do it. But I, I, I pray I can teach them how to do things and not strong arm them to do things. Because they're going to get older at one point. And if we were just telling them to do stuff and not teach them what to do, as soon as they can break loose, they will. But if we can teach them what to do so they understand what they're supposed to do, then they won't break loose. When they get older. The pure in heart. Don't have to hide what they text. The pure in heart. Will post the right things. On social media. The pure in heart will tweet the right things. On social media. The reels that they share. The photos that they share. They will be. 
pure things. Parents who are pure in heart always set the right example for their children. The kids who are pure in heart will not worry about their parents looking at their phone. Parents, children, when you start hiding your phone from your parents, you're not being pure in heart. So you got to ask yourself, why am I hiding my phone from my parents? It's because something is up. You're not pure in heart. Purity or holiness should make you happy and not burdened. Remember, when we started this study, we said the word blessed means what? Happy. So every time you see blessed, it's saying happy. So in this text, happy are the pure in heart. Unfortunately, we're saying sad are the pure in heart. Because we think that once we start hearing holy purity, we get sad. We clam up because all of a sudden now, that's a burden. Unfortunate that we think purity and holiness is a burden. If we make purity just as rules to know, as rules to keep on the outside to pacify our pastor or the church or our parents, we will cast it off like winter coats in July. But if we see purity and holiness as a privilege to be more like Jesus, to get closer to Jesus, to honor Jesus because he saved our soul and he's blessing us, then we will look at holiness and purity a total different way. Jesus said in John 15 and 3, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Paul says in Ephesians 5 and 25 that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. If you are not reading your Bible and praying every day, you are going to struggle with having a pure heart. So I just threw something to you. I hope you caught it. That in order to start working on your heart being pure, you need to read your Bible every day and pray. If you endeavor or striving to have a pure heart, read your Bible every day and pray. Because it's by the word that you consume that you will understand how to become pure and that your heart will begin to be pure. It's important. Church. Can I tell you this? Because we're going we're to go in this direction as we enter into 2024. Can you slow down when you read your Bible and not race? It's not a magazine. It, it, it's, not a, it's not a novel or a book that, that, that gets you excited all the time. It, it's, it's, it's the word of life. It's God's word. And so in order, nobody, I don't care how smart you are, nobody learns better by reading quicker. And I know some of us process quicker than some of us. But nobody, nobody will say, go faster because I understand it better. Most of us say, can you speak slowly, please, so I can get all of it. When you read your Bible, read it slow. 
I'll rather you read it slow and just get one paragraph or one sentence than read a whole chapter and get nothing. But, but I read through it. Yeah, we don't want to go down that road. We want to get the word of God. The pure in heart are not trying to get closer to the world. They're trying to get closer to God. And guess what? We can't do both. You can't try to get close to God and close to the world at the same time. James chapter 4 verse 4 says, You adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. It is imperative we give the Lord all our heart. And if we don't know how to do that, then we must pray and ask the Lord to help us with giving him all of our heart. There is a beauty and a blessing in living with a pure, undivided heart. Man, when your heart is divided in different ways, it's just a struggle. The pure in heart will see God working in his creation. The pure in heart will see God working in his people. The pure in heart will see the godly possibilities in others. The pure in heart will see God working in their lives even when they walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The pure in heart will know God is for me. God is working on my behalf. 1 Corinthians 13 and 12, I'm I'm finishing up here. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even also I am known. Right now, we see God working in his creation and through his people, but we don't see it as pure and clear as we should. Because our hearts are not pure enough. And we're supposed to be striving to have a pure heart. Watch this. The purer our heart is, the cleaner, I'm sorry, the clearer we see the Lord Jesus Christ at work in our lives. And the better we will know God. Some people can read the same scripture and they walk away with different interpretation. Why? Where your heart is. Depending on where your heart is will depend on the interpretation that you receive from the word of God. The purer your heart is, the clearer you will receive what God intended his word to say. But as long as your heart is defiled, as long as your heart is not pure, you're going to interpret it not the way God intended for you to interpret the word of God. John, 1 John 3 and 2, it says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that had this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. And so I close here. If you have been born again, And walking with the Lord Jesus Christ and find it difficult to clean up the outside. To clean up the outside. Learn a lesson from Jesus. Jesus said, first clean up the inside. 
I know when you come into the apostolic church, the only church, I know when you come into the church, you said, okay, that's how they look. I need to make sure I look like that. No, work on your heart. You and Jesus, work on your heart. Let the word of God pierce you in your heart. Work on your heart and God will lead you into that holiness, that purity that he has for you. Many people come into the church and feel the pressure of fitting in because that's what we've done in the world all of our lives. All of our lives, always trying to fit in. God is not asking you to fit in. God is asking you to let him transform you. And he transformed you by the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. And it starts in your heart. Be content saying, you know what? I wish I was further in God, but I'm not. There are some of us that you've been around a long time, but you need to be honest with God and says, I wish I was further along, but I'm not. But it's okay. Because you know what? The, the, the more transparent I am and honest I am, the more God can work in my life and through me. But if I'm going to walk around here and act like, girl, you don't know, I've been around a long time. And they look at you like, okay, I, 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 I hear you. You just pretended for a long time. No, just begin to just deal with the, just, just be true. And says, so, you know, I've been, I've been around God and in God a long time, but I feel like I'm not where I should be. I should be further along. There's nothing wrong with that, church. I think if we all want to be honest, I think we probably all can make that statement, Sister Kitty. Like, like, just say, I'm saying that. I think I could be further along. Man, God, I, I could be further along than where I am today. I think we all can say that. If we would just let God just have his way in our life, he would give us the wisdom as to how to present ourselves without being phony or without covering up or trying to hide. If we would just give him ourselves, he would give us the right words and we won't have to pretend and he can clean us up. But as much, the, the more we pretend, the longer it's going to take to clean us up if he ever cleans us up. Ask the Lord to help you fall in love with him. That you may fully give him your heart, your whole heart. To take your walk with him to be the first priority in your life. And guess what? And one day, you will look in the mirror and realize the purity that's on the inside has already begun to work on the outside. Let's stand. If we do it right, I know I have said over the years, and you might take it as I'm just saying it, but I've said this over the years. I don't know if, you, if any of you do this. I've said to myself, how did this happen? How did this work? Did he trick me or something? I don't know if you want to be honest with yourself. Like, how did this work? Because you just look back and realize where you've come from and where you are, and you're just still amazed, like, how did this happen? And so if, if we're not pure in heart, we just need to ask God to help us to fall in love with him. That, 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 that our relationship with him will be the, first priority in our life 
and just start from there. Don't worry about what anyone's may think, anyone may think of you. Just start from saying, God, I want a pure heart. I want to make you my priority. And, and just keep telling him that. Says, I don't really know how to do that, God. But will you help me to do that? And I know you will help me to do that because I'm praying for your will to be done in my life. Will you help me to have a pure heart, God? Show me how I can get a pure heart. And when you pray that, he will begin to work in you. And I know sometimes we want to see some great, you know, we want to see, you know, like, you know, lightning come from heaven. We want to see some great thing to say, yeah, he working. Yeah, he's working. I don't think I have a whole lot of those experiences. To say, yeah, and I remember when this happened. I knew God was doing something great. I don't have a whole lot of that. I just know I look in the mirror up ever so often and I say, wow, this is pretty interesting. How did I get here? And so that's what you just need to do. Just talk to the Lord and he will begin to work and you will begin to see after a while, man, some things are changing in my life. And I don't know how he did this. You will never know. I will never know how he does what he does. But what I do know is this. If we will give him everything, he will do it. He wants us to have a pure heart. He wants us to be separate from the world. He wants us to look like his children. I know as parents, sometimes your kids get older. Be honest. You don't have to say amen out loud. But your kids get older, and in your mind you say, man, that ain't how I raised you up to dress and look. Old-time people in Jamaica say, look like somebody else, look like somebody's child. Because, because, because how you, you know, raise them, you want them to represent your house. Don't you? Don't you want your children to represent how they were raised? And for you children that are laughing at your parents like, I'm my own person, don't worry. Have your kids. <laughs> have your kids. And get grandkids. And then you'll be saying the same thing. Like, I thought I raised you to be this way and to look this way. What happened? We don't say it to y'all. But that's what we're saying in our minds, that I thought I raised you to be this way. Well, God is saying that to us. I brought you in the kingdom so you can represent my house. I brought you in the kingdom so you can represent who I am to you. And the way you do that is by doing what I tell you. And the first place you start is by having a pure heart on the inside. It will reflect the outside sooner or later. So stop chasing the outside. Chase the pure in heart. And outside will get affected eventually. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight for your word. For the beatitude number six. You said, blessed, happy are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. And Lord, we're so grateful that you're always instructing us. We're not left without guidance. We're not left to our own demise. But you are constantly giving us instructions. Your word is ever before us, Lord God. And Father, we have the greatest opportunity before us to have a pure heart, to draw closer to you, to know you in a personal and intimate way. But Lord, we know we can't get there 
unless we give you our whole heart for you to work on us, for you to work out the things that does not belong and work in the things that is necessary that belongs. I pray tonight that every person under the sound of my voice will take heed to the word of God and respond to your word in obedience and respond to your word out of admiration and appreciation for who you are to us. I pray, O oh great God, that the words will continue, O oh God, to, to, to just move in our soul and our spirit, Lord God. That they will just take root and grow, Lord God. And that we will constantly be reminded of this word, oh my God. That the word will truly overshadow us. That the word will propel us, oh God, into, oh God, our purpose. Father, I pray tonight that your will will be done. That everything that, Lord Jesus, you allow me to speak. It will be profitable unto each and every one of us. And that none of us will walk out of here tonight, Lord God, the same way. But our minds will be made up. We will face, oh God, you and seek after you and your purpose and your word. And for us to have a pure heart, for us to be holy in every way, in every aspect of our life. Father, we want to grow in you. We want to mature in you, and we want to please you. You did what was necessary to save us. Now help us, almighty God, to do everything that you command us to do to please you. Guide us and lead us home safely tonight. We give you the praise and the honor for all your goodness and all your mercy, all that you're doing, all you will do. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great rest of your night. Anything for the building fund, Brother Henry will be in the back.